Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, my gardening friends, to another Focal Point Friday episode. These quickie episodes are either an important highlight from a previous episode or a quick focus on a current event in the food and agricultural world that I think that we should be talking about. Think of these episodes as a way to tickle your brain with one or two ideas to ponder while you're planning or planting or digging in the garden this weekend. Without further ado, let's get down and dirty. Enjoy. There is no shortage of places to get your seeds and your plants and no end to the different varieties and cultivars of each. But before you start, it may be helpful to know some definitions, right? So first, let's tackle the differences in some plant terminology, specifically with regards to plant names, and then we'll cover some other plant and seed definitions. So plant terminology. You may hear me say terms like cultivar, variety, species, family, or any number of horticultural terms on this podcast. What you mainly need to know is the difference between when I'm referring to a group of plants, a specific plant, or a specific type of plant. So let's start with the term family. When, when we're talking about a plant family, we're talking about particular group of plants that all have many of the same characteristics, right? So this includes things that make this family distinguishable from another plant family, like the way its leaves grow or its leaf st- or its flower structure. It's not always exactly the same across the board for every member of the family, but you can generally identify them as belonging together through any number of specific characteristics. This is also true of things like nutrient requirements and diseases and pests that they're susceptible to. Those are all going to be the same or similar for each member of that plant family. So, for example, plants like tomatoes, eggplant, potatoes, uh, peppers, those are all in the Solanaceae family, which we also call nightshades. And it, it sounds weird that a potato and an eggplant are related, but look really closely at their flowers. Jump on and Google potato flower, eggplant flower, and, and put those images side by side. They're almost exactly the same, right? So keep the word family in mind when we talk about crop rotation in a future episode. So the next classifications further down from plant family that we talk about frequently are genus and species. Now, okay, if you remember anything from science classes in school, you'll recognize these terms. They may strike fear in your heart if you ever had to memorize the nomenclature of various plants or animals. Uh, Let's see, how about Homo neanderthalensis, right? I tell you. So just like in early humans and all animals, the genus is the part of a plant's scientific name that tells you which group it belongs to. So for example, all eggplants are part of the Solanum genus, where peppers are in the Capsicum genus. 
right? So they're in the same plant family, but they're in different genus. And the genus gives us more specifics about how they look and how they grow. So plants with the same genus are all recognizable as belonging to each other pretty quickly when you just glance at them. The species is the part of the scientific name that defines the individual plant. So this will further define like the color, the leaf shape, or sometimes who or where it was discovered. So Selenum melangina is the genus and species of eggplant. And then finally, we get down to variety and cultivar. And unfortunately, these two terms are often used interchangeably, even by me, but they really shouldn't be. The variety of a plant is meant to signify that it is different in some way or another from others of its species but not different enough that it would be its own species. So if we stick with eggplant for this example, right, we have Salonum melangina, right? That, that's its, its nomenclature. You go with Salonum melangina variety depressum. That's a dwarf eggplant. Where Salonum melangina variety serpentinium is a snake eggplant. Varieties will often occur in nature, and most varieties will reproduce true to type, meaning the seedlings will have the same characteristics as the parent plant if you replant those seeds. In that instance, so what is a cultivar? So a cultivar is a cultivated variety of a plant. Cultivar, cultivated variety, right? So this is one that has been produced and maintained, selected and cultivated by horticulturists, right? It's been selected for very specific characteristics. Some cultivars um, started as a mutation of a variety. Some of them are hybrids of two or more different varieties, and we'll get to that in a minute. They also generally won't produce true to type from seed. To get the offspring to be the same as the parent, you would need to propagate them vegetatively, like taking cuttings and getting those to reroot and grow. It's like a clone. So to recognize if a plant you are buying is a cultivar, there are a few telltale signs in the name. The first letter of a cultivar is capitalized. It's never in italics, and it's always at the very end. And then the name of cultivars are also always surrounded by single quotation marks, never a double quotation, just a single. So for example, and obviously you can't see the words, but if I say the eggplant, Selenum melangina, variety esculentum, fairy tale, where fairy tale is at the end after the variety, it's capitalized and it's in single quotes. That's the scientific name of fairy tale eggplant, which, by the way, is a really cute little eggplant uh, that's multicolored. It's, it's really pretty, right? Okay, so now I've gotten you super confused. <laughs> Let's clear things up just a little bit. If you're planting from seed, a good way to understand what it is you're planting is to know if the seed is open pollinated or hybrid. Aside from the scientific nomenclature that we just talked about, this is the easiest way to understand what type of plant you are growing. So we'll start with open pollinated, right? An open pollinated variety 
is one that self-pollinates or pollinates by wind or by insects. They remain fairly consistent. They produce seed that will grow into plants that are more or less like their parent plant. The seeds from that fruit or vegetable can be saved and planted the next year and remain like the parents, assuming that they haven't cross-pollinated with a different variety, right? Heirlooms are simply open-pollinated varieties that have been around unchanged for a really long time, right? The generally accepted qualification is an heirloom is a variety that is at least 50 years old. Some organizations say 75 years. In any case, it's old, right? So some have been saved for generations. And some of them have been saved by only like one or two families in some rural town in the middle of nowhere. And then a seed company comes along and, quote, finds it um, or some organization sees it. And now uh, they are among the most popular types of certain plants. Some of my favorite tomatoes to grow are heirloom varieties. You just have to keep in mind that heirlooms haven't been selected in most instances for specific characteristics. And that means they may not produce as well. They may be more prone to uh, certain diseases or pests, or they may not grow in a manner that is really consistent. They may not have a usual you know, shape and size, which is why you won't see heirloom varieties a lot of the time grown and mass for sale like at the, at the grocery store. Because you know, consumers have been trained to, to think, oh, well, it's uniform and it, it all looks the same. It must be good. And therefore, you know, heirlooms, they don't look that way. Uh, unless you've got a grocery store that specifically has a display of heirloom tomatoes. And even then, you know, they're only showing you the ones that are the prettiest. Um, and they don't ship well. There's a lot of different reasons why you don't see heirloom varieties of things a lot of the time in the grocery store. And that's okay. It's all the more reason for you to grow your own. Um, hybrids. So a hybrid is the result of pollination of one specific variety with pollen from another specific variety or varieties. So a seed company will choose parent varieties that will produce first generation offspring, which they call F1 hybrids, with the special characteristics that they want. And this is one way that we get a cultivar. So the desired trait that they're looking for could be size or shape or color or disease resistance or any number of things or any combination of those things. It's done in a really controlled manner so that all of the offspring are exactly the same. Why would you want hybrids? Well, for example, if you live in an area that is particularly susceptible to certain plant diseases like fusarium wilt, you choose a hybrid variety or varieties because this could go across different plants um, bred to be resistant to that particular disease it'll help keep your garden disease free you may also prefer say in the in the aspect of tomatoes maybe something that produces a little bit more uniform of a a fruit uh, hybrids are actually a good choice for organic gardening because they can provide an extra layer of protection against certain diseases that can't be easily controlled without some sort of chemical means. So you buy hybridized plants that are bred 
to resist those diseases and put them in the ground, and that lessens your need for any type of intervention later on down the road. Just remember, you can't save the seeds from a hybrid plant. I, okay, well, you can, but the resulting plant may not produce fruit the same way it did the year before. Hybrids will often revert to traits from one parent plant or another. I mean, hybrids can have as many as four plants. So if you replant the seed, you never know what you're going to get, which I mean, can be fun. If you take a, a seed from a, a hybrid tomato and you save it and you replant it the next year, you're going to get a tomato. You just won't know what kind of tomato. So if you really liked the tomato that you harvested, you'll need to go and rebuy that plant or that seed again in order to to start it. Hybrid varieties are labeled as hybrid or F1 in seed catalogs. Oftentimes if you're looking on plant tags, it may or may not list that it's a hybrid. So you may have to look it up. Thanks for joining me on this Focal Point Friday. I'll be back again on Tuesday for another regular episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. So until next time, my gardening friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden and we'll talk again soon.